0: what's up brothers and sisters i'm drake white blast off to the music universe
1: this episode of the music universe podcast is
2: sponsored by aroma retail both buddy and i own and love their machines i use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment And Matt, their home unit can get your whole house smelling refreshed,
1: and if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances
2: from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MusicUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 10 on that 10. MusicUNI10. Sent your space with Aroma Retail. Well,
3: buddy, as you found out, we can't talk to Drake White for a second without being inspired. I mean, this was oh, just an yeah. awesome conversation.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he told us so much. And we talked extensively about his onstage hemorrhage that he had um, with his brain in 2019 that, you know, put him out before the pandemic even existed. And he's back. He's doing everything he can to stay full force and mm-hmm. just still performing, recording. We talk about his new album called The Optimistic, which was released in the spring and uh, just a a lot of information so if you really want to be inspired this is an interview you must see.
3: Drake White, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you sir?
0: Fantastic. How are you guys doing?
3: We are great. We had a great CMA fest. How was your CMA fest?
0: It was good. It was really good to to be back um, See the fans all back in Nashville and just see everybody enjoying the music. Um, Yeah, it was was extremely uh, fulfilling for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I want to tell you that
3: I actually had a chance to see you perform live with Whiskey Myers. Oh, cool. uh, Here in the D.C. area over at Silver Spring at the Fillmore, their last tour before they went and did all the the amphitheaters. So what was it like to be out on the road uh, back after two years with COVID and opening for a group like Whiskey Myers?
0: It was good. It was good. You know, um, I've always appreciated and felt like I was in that, that, um, that, uh, that, stage you know that that group of people that was kind of rogue like like whiskey myers that the guys that just went out there and kind of did their own thing and and rocked and i really uh you know appreciate those guys and respect those guys for how they paved their their own path and i think the fans were amazing and they were really receptive um to um to to me and the band and and um yeah it, it, it's all good we we had a great time and we got got some good fans and but it felt amazing. That's awesome.
3: And if I remember correctly, and I could be misremembering because it was a couple months ago, uh, but you had a piano with like beautiful artwork on it. If I if I remember correctly, I, am I remem- remembering right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a uh, it's an old tapestry from the '60s. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up. Um, I grew up trapping and hunting and fishing with my grandfather and him just teaching me about the outdoors. And he was a preacher and a musician as well. And just that kind of Alabama soul Appalachian swagger is uh, is what came from that. So that that tapestry is uh, I I literally I like to go to antique stores and uh, I grew up with a tapestry that's similar to that. And the that that has a big elk on it and it's kind of in the in in Colorado is where that setting is and so it just brings me back to a space of of getting uh, I've always been uh, paid pretty close attention to what the stage felt like in appealing to all the senses not just hearing but but eyesight uh, smell and uh, you know the other the other senses that we have out there you know we've got uh, we got five of them so why not why not use them all? And um, that's just an old uh, an old tapestry from the 60s that I dug out of a antique store here in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Yeah.
1: Love it. And uh, you just wrapped your own headlining optimistic tour with the sold out show in Nashville. And you're about to head across the pond here in August. Tell us about that tour and uh, what it was like you know what? Maybe the crowd difference was like before the pandemic to now. Like, are people just craving it? Like we're seeing as we're attending shows.
0: Yeah, I think people are craving it. Um, just unbelievable uh, palpability in the show and and with the the, the fan to to artist interaction. And and dude, our, our shows have always I've always had love playing live, and I always kind of say that my favorite part of this whole process um it goes in between the songwriting process and performing live so being able to get out there uh, live not not just after the pandemic i had a uh, i had a hemorrhagic stroke on stage in 2009 mm-hmm. that knocked me out for 8 months prior to the pandemic so mm-hmm. i was nearly 2 years into uh into uh not being able to play so to get out there was really, really life-giving and fulfilling. And that's what we wanted to put out there. Hence the optimistic. It was about keeping, you know, keeping optimistic through the mystery of all the bullshit that was hap- that had happened. I mean, it, it wasn't bullshit, but it felt like bullshit, you know, yeah. to go out and, and, and just constantly being hit by all this stuff um, was something that was really, really tough. But, coming out of it, I realized that, that, uh, it was that, that, uh, tumultuous, you know, time that formed this record that formed my, you know, um, tougher, tougher skin. And, and it formed the story made a better book and made a better, a better live show. So, um, to get out there and do it was, was emotional and, and really, really life-giving and, uh, just energetic. We had a freaking blast.
3: And I remember you talking about the stroke and and learning to walk again uh, and your incredible journey. And thank you for sharing that. Truly. Um, I was surprised to learn that somebody of your age, of my age, could suffer a a stroke like that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's that is the stroke was caused by what's called an abm it's it's an arteriovenous venous malformation and it's a mm. wad of veins and arteries that was in the inside of my brain right here in the right behind my ear and, wow. it was a, and that is the mobile cortex of your left side that's the part of your brain that controls your left side and that wad of veins and arteries i was born with it um so mm. i, I talked to a, a bad headache that landed me in an MRI that, um, that, you know, the MRI was, uh, showed a mass in my brain. So we thought it was good Lord, it could have been cancer. It could have been anything. So it was, it was a really tough, tough diagnosis. And, uh, we were one in 17,000 to be diagnosed with an ABM. And we were like one in, you know, a couple of million that where that ABM was in my brain. So um it was something that was really really rare and we were taking care of it and we were also playing music and so I would get a brain I would go get a brain surgery on Monday uh recover Tuesday and wow. Wednesday and then I'd be on the road on Thursday um and that's what wow. we were doing to 2019 and the the stroke was caused by that you know, that AVM rupturing and causing a brain bleed. So it it, it wasn't a hemorrhagic stroke, like a 65 year old guy or girl having a hemorrhagic stroke. It -hmm. was called that AVM. I was in good shape. I felt really good. Um, It's just something that was um, meant to happen, you know, and it, there was a very, very low chance of it happening, like two or 3%. and It happened, you know, so I had to accept that. And like, like you said, learn how to walk, uh, but it produced music. It produced friends. that produced a faith that, I mean, you can't really stop us now. People say the music industry meant music industry is hard, but the music industry is not hard when you go through, when you go through learning how to walk again at 36, that's hard. It's all perspective. And wow. so it just gave me a greater empathy for, for people, um, for the, 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 the power of prayer and the miracle of, of medicine. and and all that good stuff. I know that that was a couple of, that was a lot of rapid information, but Appreciate
3: it. No, I'm glad you went into that detail. It's, it's, it's inspiring. And I'm, I'm glad you've used that artistically as well to share your story and to, I assume help heal yourself emotionally and, and process it. It's, it's just, it's incredible what you've been through.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It has, you said emotionally, it, It has uh, given me a a passion for um, mental health. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a a very, very hot topic right now. And it needs to be addressed and needs to be because that is, you know, whether these, these, I don't want to bring up, you know, bad, you know, with the shootings and all that stuff, like that is a mental problem. That's a mental problem. And if we can, we can take care of that and pay attention to that. There's just so much buzz out there. There's so much, so many things that we're um, being pulled in all these different directions. And if we can focus in on how great life is and how peaceful it is when you're in community and when you have good, uh, good health and exercise and good food and good water and all of that stuff, then um it's a full circle and so i it it's it's ignited a fire for sure for me um to have a bigger purpose than just going out there and selling records and and you know streaming music
1: yeah absolutely and the optimistic being the uh your second studio album released in march would you obviously that was inspired by your journey like you said would you consider that a concept album by any means
0: no uh, no, I don't think it's a concept album. I mean, I guess everybody's definitions of concept um, would be different. But for me, I had a couple of songs. I'd been in the, the the machine of Nashville for a while, and and enjoyed that success. And and I'm still, I'm still in that. You know, I'm still part of that, and and still very, um, very much pushing forward. Um, but it was where commerce meets art is sometimes a slippery slope and getting music out for me. I'm 38 years old. No, I I wanted to get more music out a long time ago. And so I just went in and told my management, I said, I'm making a record and releasing it. And we played 80 weeks in my barn um, during the pandemic when nobody was playing or Uh nobody uh, touring. And through those 80 weeks of, live, you know, putting it on, you know, just a live feed, um, we played these songs that I wrote. I would rock during the day and then go out and play, play at night. Um, and it was such a different way to make a record when you're playing music to, you know, a couple of thousand fans on a Wednesday night uh, in your barn um, virtually And they're commenting on the comments like, Oh, I love this one. So you can feel it, you know, with hurts the healing being the heart of the record, because that was the, that was the, the turning point of, of everything. I've always been an optimistic dude, but I went through this tumultuous time and I came out the other side and I embraced the grizzly bear is what I call it. I embraced the attack that happened to my nervous system. I embraced you know the people around me. I I embraced paralysis. Hell, I did a, a TED talk about it, um, mm-hmm. and I think being open and being vulnerable was one of the most life giving, scariest, craziest things that I've ever done. And and for me, it's it's uh, it's my story, um, and I believe it's it's made one of the best books. You know in music in Nashville. And, and I've, I'm uh, in the process of writing that book and I'll never quit. I love it. Wonderful. And
3: it's just, it's, it's really incredible to see you being vulnerable because I think that's what country music is, is really all about. Is not just the storytelling, but the authentic storytelling and, and writing what you know, and what you know is something that We hope to God nobody ever has to experience, but you did, and you're using it in such a special way.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And when you were saying all that, it gave me chills. So it just, it speaks to everybody, whether you've been through it or not, for sure.
3: Mm -hmm. Checking my notes here. I want to talk about uh, this this endeavor you have with your wife, uh, this project that you and her are working on. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: So Alex, my wife is a, is a, I call her a chef. She learned how to cook really, really well with her grandmother and she uses cooking as a uh, anxiety relief. I mean, she loves Mm -hmm. to cook that much where she'll get in the kitchen and make, you know, just anything. I mean, it's, it's really, we grew up in Alabama. We grew up around uh, wildlife and grills and, and fish. And her grandmother taught her how to cook that stuff and how to grow tomatoes and how to grow peppers and cut them up and can them. And it's just, it is a 50 years too late type of mentality. And uh, so she's always loved to host people and she's really good at it. Um, and I've always loved to build. So I was building a mm-hmm. barn. A gathering spot, you know, basically building a barn to put all my, all my boats and, you know, and, and my old, old Bronco and stuff in. And, and, uh, it turned into an event space we call whitewood hollow. And, uh, she opened a, a, she started a company during the pandemic called milk and honey food company. And we're talking, my wife used to be a kindergarten teacher. And so she came out of that and started cooking, but with the, the pushing for me going, Hey, what makes you tick? What makes you excited to get up in the morning? Because teaching was such a awesome value, valiant thing that she was doing, but it wasn't fulfilling her. It wasn't, you know, it was draining her out. And so I think i asked her that question one day and she said, well, I just, I love to cook and serve people. So we built this barn um, out of red Oak and it's just this, this, you know, awesome place that, that served us during the pandemic with our, with our Wednesday, night therapies in our barn every Wednesday. Um, And now it's got a commercial kitchen in it. And we've had a couple of weddings in it. And Alex is, uh, Alex is rocking. She's, she's building this company called the company we keep that encourages scintillating conversation and encourages people to get off their damn phones and actually look at each other and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and share share what the camaraderie does that's what the pandemic stripped it stripped us of our confidence that we were no longer able to go in and actually conversate with people except for this small group that we were quarantined with you know and it was it was it was hard and and it it, you know we buried my grandfather we buried my grandmother we buried uncles and aunts and soldiers and heroes and it sucked um, but it's about getting back together in, in a barn or in a church or in a whatever and cooking a bunch of great food and sitting around and saying, hey, man, I went through a stroke. What'd you go through? And then conversating about that and saying, you're not alone. You're not alone. in this. You're not alone in this. And guess what? I can play music, too. So let's build a fire and play music while we're all eating. So that's our goal. That is our mission is to love on people, to love, love society, no matter where you come, no matter color, your skin, nothing. Um, great, gay, straight, left, right. It doesn't matter. Come in. We'll love on you. Um, we'll cook, we'll play music. And so that's, that's the spirit behind it. I love it.
1: And where can people, uh, rent that out? Where can they go to rent that out if they have an event?
0: Um, It's what you can you can look at up whitewoodhollow.com or whitewoodhollow on Instagram and just check it out. But, yeah, it's my wife, uh, Alex, that that runs that. And, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing, dude. That's
3: awesome. Well, you're amazing. Drake White, this has been an honor. Thank you very much for your time. Wish you the best of luck on those European dates and can't wait to see you again here in the States, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Come out anytime. I appreciate y'all talking to me.
3: Such a good interview and, and such an honor to talk to somebody who's been through so much. And as you heard right there, uh, he was going through procedures to fix that vein issue in his brain. Mm-hmm. And that's when it happened. It didn't just happen out of nowhere. Um, and it didn't happen to where it happened. And then they found the issue. They knew about it from birth, which I'm very well aware of of, of having my own medical issues from birth that, you know, there's risks. Actually, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but we believe the reason I have cerebral palsy is not because I was born with it, but because the issue with my heart was, and I was so tiny, they nicked a nerve and it cut off my oxygen for half a second or half a millisecond. And it gave me cerebral palsy. So I'm very much well aware of, you know, you go in to fix something and there's a tiny percentage chance of a risk right and then it happens and you and you deal with it and to me he's such an inspiration really oh he totally is and this his situation
1: reminds me of when brett michaels had that Mm -hmm. like a decade ago but i believe brett's
3: was not known at the time it it just happened out of it just happened and And had he not been found or been able to crawl to get help like he was He wouldn't be here anymore and and he made
1: he made a full recovery too so um, yeah you know Drake's got some great songs and uh, I know you saw him live as you mentioned Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm hoping to to catch him if I haven't already by by the time this episode airs Um, but uh, a real nice guy too I mean he's he's inspirational and uh, I think that you you need those people out there because that that is what's going to keep us moving like he said you know through the pandemic we've learned to isolate ourselves and now we're clamoring coming back together people and, mm-hmm. and slapping people in person when you make a stupid comment matt <laughs> well for the music universe podcast i'm matt oh uh, and i'm buddy thanks for listening and watching and be sure to check us out at the musicuniverse.com for the latest news and mostly matt's concert reviews and uh, hit <laughs> like subscribe and share at the music uni on social media and tmupod.com for more. I'll probably be at
3: 40, 40 shows this year by the time this airs. So yes, we'll see you next time.
1: (laughs) This episode of the Music Universe podcast is sponsored
2: by Aroma Retail. Both Buddy and I own and love their machines. I use their travel size diffuser and it fills my whole apartment. And Matt, their home unit
1: can get your whole house smelling refreshed. And if you have a lot of pets like I do, you definitely need it. With some of your favorite fragrances from resort destinations around the world, there is definitely
2: something for everyone. Yeah, they have 90 fragrances available for diffusing as room and linen sprays. I know you might like that because the the dogs and cats jump on the beds. Uh, there's candles and even wax melters. Those are fun. Head over to aromaretail.com and use code MUSICUNI10 for 10% off your order. And that is 1-0 on that 10. MUSICUNI10. Scent your space with Aroma Retail. <music>